You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, I want to welcome you back to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. If you've been with us for the last several weeks, you know that Keith Harris and I have been doing a series over the pastoral epistles, and for the current time, we are taking a break from that series as we are finishing up work for the holiday season. I'm sure we will get back to that series very soon, but today I wanted to bring an episode just of a lesson that I've learned in my life about the importance of continually reading the Bible and making Bible study a significant part of our spiritual diet. You may or may not be familiar with the name Charles Spurgeon. If you aren't, you need to be. Spurgeon was a famous preacher in London in the 1800s. He was known for his simple Bible teaching during a time of high church liturgy when simple Bible teaching just wasn't the norm. At the age of 22, he was called the most popular preacher in the world, with the nickname, the Prince of Preachers. In fact, he often drew crowds of over 10,000 people. He mostly aligned with the Baptist Church in England, though he disagreed with many of their teachings. But he was a powerful, inspirational voice. Thousands of his sermons have been preserved, but he's most well known for quotes from those sermons. I'm not going to look at a whole Spurgeon sermon in this episode, but I do want to share a Spurgeon quote that I find especially powerful. Spurgeon once said that a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Listen to that again. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. We've all heard the jokes about people who claim to read the Bible frequently but don't. I heard the story one time about a preacher who would hold a gospel meeting at a church every year. This was obviously years ago when gospel meetings were pretty common in our country. But he would hold a gospel meeting at this church every year, and he would stay at the same church or stay with the same family from that church every year when he would be in town holding that gospel meeting. And one summer he thought he would perform an experiment, and he hid a spoon in their family Bible. 
Well, he returned the following summer, and he stayed with that same family, and they were talking with the preacher about how often they read from their family Bible. And the preacher just got up off the couch, went over to the bookshelf, found that Bible. It was exactly where it was the previous summer, opened the Bible, and sure enough, there was the spoon. And he looked at the family, and he said, Well, this spoon tells me you don't read this Bible very much. I heard another story about a woman who was giving their preacher a tour of their house one evening when he came over for dinner, and she showed him their antiques and their pictures on the wall. And again, she got to their family Bible, and she told the preacher how much they read from God's book. And her seven-year-old son was following along with them on the tour of the house, and of course, from the mouth of babes. The seven-year-old spoke up, and he said, Mom, if that's God's book, we better send it back, because we never use it. You can always depend on your children to say the things you don't want them to say, especially when other people are listening. But Spurgeon's quote is so incredibly true. If your Bible is falling apart, you've been using it. And your life will prove it. You've studied it. You've searched it. You've written in it. You've taken it with you. And your life is probably in a pretty good place. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. But what about you? Is your Bible falling apart? A Bible that's falling apart is so important for our spiritual health. You know, the Bible gives us a lot of success in life. God told his new leader Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then listen to this next line. Then you will be prosperous and successful. God still says that today. The Bible makes us successful. Now, not in the way that TV preachers describe. Just because we read the Bible or know the book doesn't mean we're going to strike oil or get a promotion. But we will be successful in the areas of life that really matter. Reading the Bible makes us better parents. Reading the Bible makes us better friends. Reading the Bible makes us better husbands or wives. And reading the Bible certainly makes us better followers of Jesus. We can't succeed in following Christ if we don't know what Christ says. The Bible also discerns our heart. I'm sure you're familiar with what the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 about the Word of God. The writer of Hebrews penned that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, But the writer was also careful to remind us that Scripture, the Word of God, it judges and discerns the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. When we're tempted to make the wrong decisions or to have the wrong motives, to set the wrong goals, Scripture absorbs it out of us just like a sponge absorbs water out of a bucket. Because when we spend time in the Bible, we don't just read it. The Bible reads us. It knows what we're thinking, what we're feeling, how we're hurting, 
and it works to correct those issues. Someone might ask, well, how does that work? The writer of Hebrews tells us how. The book is alive. It's active. In John 1.1, John said that Jesus is the Word, that He was with God in the beginning. But the Word, Jesus, also gave us this Word, the Bible. And the Bible, the Word, is just as much alive as the Word of Jesus Christ. No other book in the world is like it. Because this isn't just a book. This is the Word from God and the Word of God. The Bible also strengthens our faith. Paul would write in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We usually quote Romans 10, 17 to lead an unbeliever to Christ, that hearing the gospel is a big part of the process of salvation. And that's partly true. We can't develop true faith in God without Scripture. And that's an appropriate way to interpret the text. But I believe that this verse of Romans 10.17 is just as important for veteran Christians as those who are wanting to become Christians. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Are you in a slump in your faith? Are you having problems in your marriage? Are you doubting God's love for you? Are you questioning if there is even an absolute truth? Well, the Bible strengthens us in weakness. If we're doubting God's power, we can read stories about how God really worked and proved who He was in people's lives. If we're wondering if God really loves us, we can read about people who were forever changed by God's love. If we're struggling with our spouse, God shows us how to fix those problems through great examples of submission and love and sacrifice in Scripture. Anytime we open the book, it's a faith-building process. I'm afraid that sometimes we have a tendency to only read Scripture when we want to prove that we're right, or if we want to win an argument. But we really need to read Scripture because we want to be built up by the power of and by the greatness of God. The Bible keeps us from sin. David wrote in Psalm 119, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we're tempted to do the wrong thing, the Bible is an automatic shield. If we struggle with alcohol and we're tempted to drink, we can open the book and start reading. Because we're not going to drink with the Bible in our hand. If we're tempted to view something on the TV or the computer that we shouldn't see, we can open the Bible and start reading. We're not going to look at a website or watch that channel with a Bible in our hand. If we're tempted to cheat on a test or be deceptive at the office, we can open the Bible and start reading because we're not going to be dishonest with the Bible in our hand. David says, I keep your word in my heart 
so that I will not sin against you. Jesus said we should pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, and we should, but we should not just pray for an escape, we should read for an escape. Isn't that what Jesus did when tempted by the devil in the wilderness? Did he not quote scripture each time? That's because the Bible has the power to keep us from sinning. One more thing I'll mention about our Bibles. Our Bible can nourish our soul. Jesus also said when he was in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Probably all of us were told as young children, don't eat your dessert before your dinner because it will ruin your appetite. As much as we didn't want to hear it when we became adults, we realized that our parents were right. If we eat a cake or a brownie before our chicken, we'll feel full for a little while, but it won't nourish our body because it's just junk. Well, our spiritual lives are no different. We think we're full because we eat the junk first, and then we eat the junk some more. How much time do you spend in the Bible compared to how much time you spend watching TV or Netflix or scrolling through social media or watching sports or listening to the news? A little bit of those things is okay. Just like a little bit of junk food is okay. As long as it does not control our diet. But if it does, we'll starve. And before we starve will probably get very sick. You see, nothing substitutes for time in the Word. Any program or ministry you're involved at at church is important and beneficial, but it'll never be as beneficial as the Word of God. The friends you have at church, they're beneficial, but not as beneficial as the Word of God. Reading a spiritual book is great and helpful and it gives you great opportunities for conversations, but it's not as good as just reading the Word of God. Even listening to your favorite preacher, going to Bible class, or even listening to this podcast, it's valuable. But it will never be as valuable as you sitting down by yourself and reading the Word of God. For man cannot live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now you might say, okay, okay, I get all of that. Reading the Bible is important. It makes me successful. It discerns my heart. It strengthens my faith. It keeps me from sin. It nourishes my soul. But what if I don't like to read? What do I do then? My Bible isn't falling apart because I'm not a bookworm. Well, I've heard that a lot. And if you feel that way, here are some ideas. First of all, form good habits. No one is born loving to run. They have to get in the habit of running, and the more they do it, the more they like it, and eventually they crave it. Well, the more you read the Word of God, the more you'll enjoy doing it, and you'll crave it when you aren't. But you have to form the habit first. It won't just happen. Secondly, find out what works for you. There are a lot of recommendations out there on how you should read the Bible and how often you should read the Bible. Some people say, read three chapters a day, 
or one book at a time, or a gospel account at a time, or listen in the car, or while you're exercising, read it out loud. Let me be the first to tell you there's no perfect way to read the Bible. Find out what you enjoy doing the most, because that's exactly what you will stick with. Reading the Bible is not a compare and contrast what others are doing. It's about what you're doing. Take notes. Read one thing, write it down. You'll remember it more. Write all over the margins. Those lessons will stick for life. And finally, remember how lucky you are, how blessed you are to have the Word of God. People across the world don't have the Bible. Many people have risked their lives trying to get it in places where it's not legal. Here in America, we can get it in any size, in any translation, in any form. Be thankful for it. If you're thankful for it, chances are you'll read it more. The psalmist said that God's word is sweeter than honey and purer than gold. What a blessing it is to have it in our lives. Charles Spurgeon said, A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. But what about you? Is your Bible falling apart? It's much better to have a raggedy Bible that produces a sturdy and strong life than a brand new Bible, fresh off the shelf, but with a life that's crumbling to pieces. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you have a blessed day. As always, keep your eyes on heaven. And I look forward to talking with you next time.